Welcome to the Thriving Single Moms podcast, the podcast for hardworking single moms navigating the balance between work, family, and self-care. If you're feeling exhausted, yearning for success, and finding yourself stuck in survival mode, this podcast is your guide. Join us as we share secrets and insights to unlock your full potential, empowering you to create the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Jordan Rios, single mom of seven kids, author, and life coach. Get ready to embrace success on your own terms. This is the Thriving Single Moms Podcast. episode 20 of the Thriving Single Moms podcast. I'm your host Jordan Rios and I'm so excited for today's episode because today I will be reading chapter one of my book, The Thriving Single Mom. I'm so excited about this. So I hope you enjoy this sneak peek of my book which will officially be released on February 8th. But If you would like to go ahead and sign up for a pre-order, that is live right now. So how this works is you will, I will include a link to purchase it in the show notes on Amazon and you can go ahead, get your copy. It will be delivered to your device, ebook only. I should say that ebook version only will be delivered to your device on February 8th, the day that this book is officially published. If you prefer a paperback book, you can go on Amazon on February 8th and order a paperback. So I'm so excited. I, this has just been a labor of love. I've been working on this book for several months. I'm so excited that it's finally done. It's finally out there, almost out there. I feel like this is the second baby I've birthed in the last few months. If, if you haven't listened to my podcast before, I just had a baby in November, my baby number seven. So this is the next baby in my family. I'm so excited for you to get to know this new book baby. So the name of my book, as I said, is The Thriving Single Mom, Dismantling the Myth that Single Moms Can't Have the Life of Their Wildest Dreams. And this book is kind of part memoir, part inspiration, and I'm not I'm not going to go into any more details. I'm just going to dive in, reading chapter one, let me know what you think, and then go to Amazon and get your ebook on pre-sale. The cost is only $5.99. It is just ridiculously cheap and you're gonna love it. You are gonna absolutely love this book. I can't wait to hear what you think. So without further ado, let me dive into chapter one. Chapter one, before I was a single mom. I'll never forget that one that one day that I was dropping off my kids at school. We had, ha- we had had a rough morning already. I had overslept again and had raised my voice a few times at my kids to get them to hurry so that we would not be late when we arrived at school. As I stepped over and around the various messes all over the floor to help my daughter find her other sock, I wondered if I would even have time to brush my teeth. Gross, I know. I am not even sure what I remember to grab on my way out the door. Hopefully it was my coffee, still a non-negotiable to this day. As we arrived at the school just a tad bit late, I hurried them out of the car, praying for sanity, as little pieces of paper flew out when they opened the door. Then I was on my way. Shoo. Thank God that part was over. Time to compose myself. It was just a few minutes later that I got a call from Jonathan's pre-K teacher. 
What in the world? Was he sick? Surely not. I would have paid attention to that. Even though I was a highly disorganized working mother of a tiny army, I had never not noticed when one of my littles wasn't feeling well. A deep feeling of uncertainty, tinted with shame, came over me as I answered her call. Hi, Jordan. Are you nearby? Yes, I am. What's wrong? Is Jonathan okay? I asked, not even trying to hide the panic in my voice. The teacher laughed. Oh, yes, he's completely fine. Don't worry. I just wanted to call you and ask, did you know that he's wearing two completely different shoes? Relief washed over me like the nice hot shower that I needed, immediately followed by the thought of, are you kidding me? What? Why did he put on two different shoes? And how had I not noticed? At that point, I was not even sure what to say. Are you there, Jordan? His teacher sweetly inquired. She was probably thinking, as we say in the South, bless her heart. The thing is, I was already late for work, and I couldn't go back home to get another pair of shoes for him. I'll call my husband and see if he can bring him a pair of shoes, I faltered. Another day, another facepalm. Did I mention that I was also a teacher at my son's school in a different building? No amount of trying to play it off could make me feel any less like a hot mess at this point, and it was not a feeling that I enjoyed. I didn't even have time to think about it. I hurried into my classroom and began another day. Before you feel sorry for me or get all judgy, you should know some more about what had been going on in my life that led me to perpetually living in a state of survival. I had gotten married in college. My husband was an auto mechanic, and we had always struggled immensely financially, even with both of us working. I gave birth to our first daughter via C-section exactly three weeks before I started student teaching. For the entire duration of my final semester before graduation, I was working in a fifth grade classroom all day while taking breaks to pump, coming home to a newborn who needed me all throughout the night. I would wake up and get her ready every morning, drop her off at her babysitter, and go to a full-time job for which I was not getting paid. I had always, always wanted to be a mother, and finally God had given me my dream, but this was not at all how I'd pictured it. I had no time to enjoy my baby. I barely remember anything from that whole year. I did graduate at least. I felt proud of myself as a first-generation college graduate. I didn't have long, however, to savor that accomplishment because I desperately needed to find a job for the fall. After many interviews, I finally nailed the job that was perfect for me as a teacher of English as a second language at an elementary school. This seemed like a great way to incorporate my skill of being bilingual with my love of teaching. That night, after I signed my contract, I came home to another completely unexpected surprise, a positive pregnancy test. Have you ever taken a pregnancy test and then felt disappointed when you saw those two pink lines? Have you ever experienced that mix of panic and helplessness, followed by shame? Driven by the thought of, why did I let this happen again so soon? How am I going to do this? I am drowning right now. I can't afford to take care of another child. Then, immediately followed by dark waves of guilt. How could I not want another baby? Hadn't I always wanted a big family? What kind of mother am I to not feel immense joy and gratitude for this wonderful, beautiful blessing that I was about to welcome into my life? What was wrong with me? I took a deep breath. I had no other choice than to do what I'd already been doing. Just keep going. Take it one day at a time. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to figure it out one way or another. My family needed me, and there was no other option than to sacrifice everything so that they could have the very best. 
I never felt like I was giving them anything close to the best, but I loved them more than anything else in the whole world. So I persevered, even in a sea of so much uncertainty. As I continued to grow and experience in my teaching career, my family also continued to grow. For the first three years, I had a baby every year. First my daughter Hattie, then my daughter Annalise, and then my son Jonathan. Then I took an almost two-year break before my daughter Lydia was born. My lifelong dream of being a large family mom was right on track. My littles were the light of my life. They were so beautiful that they took my breath away every time I looked at them or listened to their precious little voices. I kept telling myself year after year, I need to be thankful to have a job where I could have more time off to be with them. I am at home with them for two whole months during the summer in addition to, to other breaks during the year and I never have to work nights or weekends. But somehow I never believed what I was telling myself. Something just felt very backwards. Honestly, I felt like I was giving my best to other people's kids and arriving home in the evening with nothing to give my own kids. They were little and they needed me. I was missing so many precious fleeting hours with them, and I felt like every evening was a chaotic rush to bedtime with not a single moment to savor. My messy house didn't help my stress level either, but then if I cleaned, that also took time away from getting the cuddles I needed from them. This was my life not for a season, but for a decade. I became a shell of who I thought I'd be as a woman. Always hustling with nothing to show for it. Was this all that there was? Was I a failure at life? I was never a very great teacher because I always felt like the job was costing me what I wanted most, but I also needed that job just to survive from paycheck to paycheck. I tried not to think about what I thought about myself as a mother because I didn't want my kids to see me cry. In addition to feeling this crushing overwhelm and guilt, I was also dealing with a tumultuous marriage and crumbling finances. My husband was never home at night, so all the childcare duties fell on me. I struggled to even get plates of food on the table so that we could all eat together because it's just hard to get that many kids to sit still long enough to eat. I left the dishes in the sink most nights so that I could get them all bathed and into bed at a decent hour. In feeling overwhelmed and alone, I found it hard to engage with my kids without yelling at them, which made me feel so much worse. I often thought of leaving my husband because of how bad things were. But how could I make it as a single mom? I didn't make nearly enough money as a teacher to support myself on that income alone. I didn't have the emotional strength to, ha to fight in court over custody, to have to figure out what it would look like to care for them by myself, even though that was exactly what I was already doing. So I stayed. I was very unhappy. I insisted that we go to counseling, to which he complied for two whole years. But unfortunately, no changes came from that. But I refused to stop hoping for a better future. This life was not sustainable, and it was never what I wanted. So I decided that I would find a way out or make one. The constant overwhelm and shame was not for me anymore. I refused to let this be the way things were. I started brainstorming ways that I could be better, that I could find a better, better myself and my family. Sorry. <laughs> The biggest thing holding me back was money. My husband was addicted to gambling. It was something that I never could get him to stop doing. We scraped by from month to month, frequently late on bills and having to borrow money from others. But without more money, I was going to remain stuck like this forever. I envisioned the life that I wanted, being at home with my kids to watch them grow up and give them unforgettable experiences, not feeling stressed or guilty, but truly being present with them, paying all my bills on time effortlessly, 
Being able to make an impact in my family and in my community, this dream felt really good. I went online to try to find something I could do. I realized that if I was going to level up, I needed to leave public education and start my own business. I saw the potential in this goal. Yes, I realized that it would be a long shot, but I was, but because I was adding another project when I was already drowning. How could I do this well when I was already failing at everything else? It made no sense, but I was not going to keep going the way that I'd been going. I was so done. I was seething in anger. At this point, I did not know how much more I could take. I was utterly exhausted. I had had a long and stressful day at work, and when I got home, the kids had been like they had always been, like typical toddlers, but today it all hit differently. I just wanted to feel like what I was doing actually meant something. I felt like I was never going to get out of feeling powerless and trapped. No matter how hard I tried to take care of the house, it was always a filthy disaster. I was always forgetting something, and most of the time, it was important. I was always behind on our bills, no matter how much I went over our budget and tried to cut back on things on which I was spending. I wanted something much better for myself and my kids. To make it worse, they would not go to sleep unless I was laying down with them. So I would try to lay down with them with one little girl on each side as they tossed and turned and giggled, and then inevitably I would fall asleep, and then I got nothing done after bedtime. On this particular night, my husband was actually home for once. Good. He could put them to bed while I cleaned the kitchen, took a shower, graded papers from school or something. Little did I know, that was not how the evening would pan out. I don't know why you want to quit your job. You went to college and took out a god-awful amount of student loans to be a teacher. You're just lazy and you want to be all home all day, he bellowed at me. I just lost it. I didn't even try to restrain myself. You think I'm lazy, I asked incredulously. I work full-time in a high-stress, low-paying job all day and then come home every night and take care of a two-year-old and a one-year-old by myself because you're never here. Yes, I'm never here because I have to work to pay our bills. And then I come home to a nasty house and a complaining wife, he retorted as he got closer to my face. You are never allowed to quit your job. Understand that. It took every fiber of self-control inside of me to not scream back at him at that moment. I got up and went to my room and closed the door. When I came back out, he was gone. I'm not sure where he went or what time he came back. I turned down the thermostat and went to bed. Against my husband's wishes, I joined a network marketing company. That seemed like the quickest way to get from point A to point B. I invested money that we didn't have for a product that I'd only used a few times before and dove in. Fortunately, I had wonderful, successful, supportive women in my upline. However, the learning curve was very steep, and I was still very disorganized in almost every aspect of my life. The motivation was there and the vision was there, but unfortunately, I never made a penny. After going to hours of training and meetings and spending thousands of dollars on products over the course of my time with the company, I was very disappointed and this led to even more problems with my husband. I had no idea why I had not been successful with that company. Other members were signing up new people left and right, it seemed. Maybe network marketing just wasn't for me. So then I started thinking, I want to start my own company with my own products. I could feel in my heart that that was a better idea and that it would be successful. I followed a lot of people on social media who were building their online empires from home, doing seemingly nothing except living their truth and being themselves. I definitely had a lot of things to say. As soon as this idea dawned on me, I didn't waste any time pursuing it. This time, I was going to do a better job. I planned my content, I read several books on business, and listened to lots of podcasts. 
and this time I even talked to my husband first. Surprisingly, he liked my idea and he said yes. He even allowed me to spend $700 to hire a graphic designer to design my website after I explained to him how important it was for my business success. I launched it and started creating a few products. Unfortunately, even after a year of pouring myself into this website and my social media platforms, no one bought a single thing for me. In addition to the money I'd spent on the website and the money I'd spent every month on incidental business expenses, I knew that this was not good. Mind you, we were living in poverty. We often had to borrow money to get our electricity turned back on. And the moment and the money I'd wasted with nothing to show for it felt disastrous. That then added up to two years of running two different businesses with nothing to show. So then I got another crazy idea. Maybe the reason why I had not had success in business was because there wasn't enough time for me to learn and implement all that I needed to do for my business to be successful. I needed to hire a coach to just explain the most important things I needed to know to help me to reach my goals. I needed someone to hold my hand. I was very fragile by this point. All my years in teaching had worn me down and burned me out. My kids were growing up and I was still missing everything. I also hated feeling like I only existed at my job to take orders from my boss. My desire to be a mompreneur burned brighter than ever. So even after those painful experiences of failure, I didn't give up. And I started actively looking for a coaching program. I found one I knew would be wonderful with a program that promised to help me get to $10,000 a month in six months or less. That was it. When I thought about how much that amount of money would change my life, I was filled with hope and determination. I could quit my job and work from home. I could be my own boss and build my dream instead of building someone else's. We could go on vacations. I could pay off my student loans, which at that time totaled almost $50,000. And I could grow my business and become more wealthy, build a better future for my kids. So I joined that coaching program. This was by far my most expensive purchase that I'd made so far in my quest for entrepreneurial ex success. I dove into the course, into the coaching calls, and I gave it my full effort. I didn't have any money left to hire a babysitter while I was working on my business, so I worked online while my kids ran around and destroyed the house. But I kept my eyes on the prize. I knew I'd reach my goal. I got my website, my blog, and created several courses. I did all the things and I felt so accomplished. I went many months without making any money. Then I made a few sales. It was exhilarating after waiting so long. And then it all stopped and it never started again. During that year, after working pretty much a second full-time job while giving birth to my fifth child in seven years, I made a whopping total of $430 for the entire year. I was so tired and with heaps more guilt. My husband was livid. He had never been supportive of my business endeavors, but now he was adamantly opposed. I was in a tough position. We started having other issues and we ended up separating. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You could probably say at that point that I was the least likely candidate to be successful in business. I needed a break and I didn't know if I would ever come back to it. I needed to take care of myself and my kids. I want to pause from my story for a moment and reflect on what I've shared so far. Even though I've painfully described the details of my train wreck life up until that point, I also want to point out the good. I never gave up on my dreams. These were times that I took break there were times that I took breaks and that was necessary. There were so many hard but difficult lessons that I had to learn along the way 
that were absolutely part of the process of building the foundation of my later success. I couldn't have skipped any of it and be where I am today. It was a very delicate and messy thing to try to build a business while working full-time, while raising many small children, while trying to save my marriage. But you know what I love about my past self? Even though I did many things very badly, I never bought into the narrative that success would be impossible for me because of all the odds stacked against me. I had a lot of work to do internally, but even with all that inner work to do, I still took many imperfect actions every day to get me to where I wanted to be. Even though I had many fearful thoughts racing through my mind as I sat in my messy house, working on my laptop until late at night, thoughts like, I don't know what I'm doing, or why is this taking so long, or what am I missing, I never let those fears control me. I am so, so very proud and so very indebted to that past version of myself. She worked so hard and sacrificed so much, and none of it was in vain. She gave her very best, not just once, but day after day for a very long time. She never gave up. She never knew that what she was doing was a tiny piece of what was going to one day shift the entire trajectory of her and her children's future. Nor did she know that all those seemingly endless struggles and fruitless endeavors would become the pillars of her platform. One day, I remember feeling a profound sense of failure and almost quitting. My dreams felt so far away. I was so much of a mess to be to ever be successful. Who would ever want to hear my message when my life was such a disaster? What could I e ever even teach to, that would be of any value to anyone? But what was going on inside of me was even darker than what I was aware of at the time. I believed a lot of crap about myself. I'd, I had grown up and always been in controlling religious environments, and I had very limited ideas of who I was as a woman. I had no value or voice apart from my husband. He was the head and I was under his authority. I was not designed to be a leader because of my genitals. If I was experiencing problems in my marriage, it was my job to pray harder and to submit more to him, to make him feel like a better man, and then in time he would change. I took my faith seriously and I took my marriage commitment seriously, so I also bore this burden like a badge of honor. But what if he never changed? What if I did all the right things? What would happen to me? Was I doomed to suffer in a toxic marriage until one of us died? According to my faith community, that was exactly it. Even my desires for success and to have a platform and to have money of my own were vain. I knew deep down that I probably wouldn't ever have these things anyway. Any money I made would be squandered away by my husband, and if anyone started really paying attention to what I was saying online, they would eventually find out that the, mass, the massive disaster which was my family and my personal life, and then I'd be exposed as a fraud. To be honest, nothing I was saying online was real anyway. I didn't think I had any options. I felt so stuck. Religious indoctrination aside, I couldn't leave my husband. I had no money, no help, and a large group of small children. I was desperately searching for a way out, but to no avail. My mental health was slowly slipping away. Every night when I would go to bed, I dream about the life of abundance and freedom that I wanted. Something deep down told me that one day it would all be mine. But how? I would cry into my pillow. Little did I know it would one day all be mine. But things would get much worse before they got better, and the journey to my desires would take me down a road that I least expected. And that is the end of chapter one. I hope you loved it. I'm going to include the link in the show notes if you would like to um, sign up for the pre-sale. 
and receive your ebook delivered directly to your device on February the 8th, 2024. And yeah, just let me know how you like it. And I can't wait to connect with you later this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. If this episode has been impactful and meaningful to you, would you please leave me an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on? These reviews help me to reach even more single moms and I take the time to read every single one. Thank you and as always, choose your destiny and live it.